the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast. Never presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN, and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. And welcome, everyone, to a Friday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Had a couple of personal uh, absences from the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast crew, so we're coming to you Friday. We'll be coming to you Thursdays for the late week episode the rest of the summer. But this is your host, ZB. Got a lot to get to, a lot of free agency movement, as well as the Olympics finals. Joined to break it all down by the hardest working man in the D-Gen industry, Baseball, football, basketball, golf. This guy's an absolute <laughs> legend. Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. Uh, it's Friday, man. These, these weeks are just flying by, and we're getting closer and closer, not only to the NBA Summer League, and but also football. And then before we know it, man, it's going to be NBA season. So uh, exciting times for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, how, how do you compartmentalize all that you're doing right now? I mean, so – little behind the scenes i'm trying to schedule a podcast with moon off he's got mlb show going on he's got a fans football <laughs> show with dan that's coming on um, i don't know if that's been announced yet i don't know if that's a secret um yeah it came and out also doing and also doing regular nfl so h- how do you kind of keep all four sports you know yeah. separated in the brain yeah so right now i mean <laughs> uh I, I i'm not as i mean i'm in no shape or form a golf guy i usually just listen to steven and uh boston capper on their show and if i have any things that i found i usually just dm them and ask them but barely spend any time on golf um now as far as right now I, I think this is a good time because there's not that many you know sports going on you know baseball's going on so uh, usually if we have a recording in the morning, like for NBA, uh, you know, I'll, I'll prep for that when I wake up. And then, um, you know, after that, uh, I try to do as much prep work the night before for if there's games going on. And then if there's any articles or anything that I can post, uh, um, I'll try to do that the night before. So uh, so I can kind of, you know, focus on one thing at a time. But, you know, it, it's a grind for sure. You know, sometimes I forget to eat lunch. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's all for the DJs, right. And I try to do my best to, uh, to balance each, each sport. So, um, you know, especially with the MLB gaming podcast, because Malcolm's over there in Newcastle and, and the London and, uh, Europe, uh, we don't usually record till the evening time. So it's around like four o'clock my time. And it's like, I think like 10 o'clock his time at night. So, um, you know, I, I just try to find things throughout the day where I try to stay organized for sure. I mean, I have to have a calendar now for sure because of the amount of podcasts that I'm doing. Um, but it's fun, man. I mean, we get to sit here and, and talk about sports and and write articles and, and you know communicate with guys like you and Dan and Malcolm. And um, it's fun. And also in the Slack channel, it's a lot of fun with a lot of guys. Yeah, it's really, it's really been a fun season. And we're very glad to have you, all of us at SGPN in the Slack channel, reading your stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. 
today's plan uh, for the show. We're going to get to you guys a little bit of talk about this Olympic final. Um, feel free to fast forward it if you are listening over the weekend as this game is tonight, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully have this up early afternoon. Um, but, yeah, France versus USA for the gold. Obviously, have they played – did they play an exhibition as well or – is they just, so they so France is two and zero against this USA team in the last couple of weeks. Then, right? I believe so. Yeah. All right, and, the, and so obviously a huge game here that. for the gold medal. USA fights back, and I feel like they've been a twelve and a half point favorite in like every single game in this tournament. So yeah, line here USA minus twelve and a half total at one seventy five and a half. Anything you're seeing for this game, Moon Offer? Any predictions you got? Yeah, I already uh, put out an article, but you know for sure we can go over it on our, our show here. Um, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, Team USA. I think they, they finally found their form, right? Especially after the, the first loss that they took to France in the group stage. Um, but ever since then, they've been looking real, real solid um, as far as, you know, having that expectation that we have of Team USA just blowing teams out. And if we kind of take a look at their results, you know, I think that get right game was, I think me and you had talked about was that Iran game where they kind of blew them out. And then they had the Czech Republic as the final uh, group stage game. And then they got to the quarterfinals, right? And then we saw that, you know, I think Spain was more of an older team. Um, uh, we had talked about this and, you know, they just found their stride, especially in the second half of games. They've been playing really well. They're, whatever adjustments that they're making at halftime, it, it, we just kind of go back all the way from the group stage. Uh, against France, they um, th- th- that's the only game that they kind of faltered in. But the second game against Iran, uh, sixty to thirty six against the Czech Republic, seventy three to forty one against Spain in the first knockout stage game, fifty two to thirty eight, and then in the semifinal, the last game against Australia, they outscored them fifty five to thirty three. So um, that Australia game looked like it was. Uh, it looks like the. Team USA was going to be on their way home, but yeah, um, I think that Australia got up by 15, and then the um, Team USA outscored them 16 to four in the half, and then like I said in the second half, 55 33. So they took care of business uh, to reach the semi. Oh, sorry, reach the gold medal game tonight against uh, France. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we we can look back kind of the earlier matches between these two teams. Obviously, France, ton of NBA talent and a ton of talent that I think translates to playing against great players like a yep. guy like Evan Fournier you know mm-hmm. he has limitations in the NBA game but we know he can get a bucket we're going to talk about him a little bit later when we talk about free agency with yeah. the Knicks Rudy Gobert you know rip, rip, best rim protector in the world that travels anywhere Nick Batum obviously mm-hmm. super switchable long wing on both ends had that crazy block to save the win for them against Slovenia um Nando DiColo is a guy who's really balling out I mean I look back to that first game that that first game in group play between USA and France USA kind of had that game won. Obviously, they were up, what, like seven with like three to play, didn't score the rest of the game, yep. and yep. France had a bunch of big shots. I mean, I, I think mm. USA is rightfully favored here. Obviously, they kind of found more of an identity. Drew Holiday, Devin Booker taking on bigger roles on this team as the tournament progresses. So, you know, I saw – I'm reading, looking at your article right now. You took USA. You know, I think I would probably lean that direction too. I mean, I mm-hmm. – I, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I like this angle on the under as well. I mean, I think if France is going to get this done, it's going to be on the defensive end with Rudy yeah. and Batum. Um, and, and I can also see, I mean, it's a balls to the wall, last game of the, of the thing. This will be the closest thing resembling, you know, NBA playoff game seven type thing that we've seen in this Olympic tournament. So I would probably side exactly. with you as well on uh, USA and the under. Um, 
any other angle you want, you want to get out here, I man, definitely check out Munoz's article at the sports gambling podcast.com. It's right here on the, uh, on the homepage, the third feature piece. So check that out. If you want to get some uh, picks in for the, for this game. Yeah. I think one thing that it's kind of hard to talk about in an article because and I think it's more easier when we talk about it on a podcast and things like that is, uh, you know, USA, especially in this tournament has been getting off the slow starts, like I mentioned. Right. And yeah. I think you might be able to find, a great live line on Team USA to win the game, right? And just for example, when they were down by 15 against Australia, there was, I'm pretty sure, a great live opportunity that they were maybe an underdog in the game, if not a very, very slight favorite to come back and win that game. Especially other than you laying that 12 and a half before the game started, I think there's a lot of great live opportunities. I think you hit the nail on the head with the unders is that this is going to be game seven type of feels, right? It's it's pretty much win or go home at this point, right? Um, so I, I'm, I'm really looking at, you know, taking first half unders and full game unders. Uh, like you mentioned, USA has been playing for defense, but, you know, the one guy that has been really concerning for me, I kind of want to get your thoughts, is Damian Lillard. I mean, we haven't really seen this guy show up, uh, at least in the, you know, the last couple of games. The only last game he the last good game he had was against Iran. But other than that, in the knockout stage, he's been consistent. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been trying to raise some Dan Lillard narratives with you this offseason, and you've been shutting them down. So, <laughs> I mean, do we have to – I think Dame has finally reached that point. And I, I guess we can talk about the Olympic context first. We'll start it there. I mean, I think he's okay. Obviously, with Kevin Durant and now Devin Booker seeming to take on more of that alpha scoring load, Mm-hmm. Like we said all along, there's diminishing returns to other ball-dominant superstars. And we've yeah. seen someone like Drew Holiday and Bam Adebayo and Draymond Green fit in great into those supporting roles. And I think yeah. Dane Lillard is kind of stri- trying to find himself on this team where he hasn't been able to dominate as an individual, like you know, getting the ball and pick and roll every single time and doing what he does in the NBA. And I think he's had a tough time kind of adjusting to be a second or third option. I think that's kind of the concern there where you have other guys in this team that are more used to playing with other great players, not as used to just having – I mean, Dave Lillard's been the Portland offense essentially, you know, aside from CJ's secondary ball handling for the last, you know, five, six, seven years. So I think he's had a tough time adjusting. Obviously, he also has this off-the-court saga going around, not off-the-court in a negative context, but, you know, going on with what's going on with him in Portland. Obviously, he was distracted going into it. He's been, yeah. you know, on Twitter refu- refuting trade rumors that involve him. So I think – He's kind of at an interesting point right now in general where we see this with every single superstar where you eventually run out of, you know, your cachet of positivity. And Mm -hmm. like, if you don't get a ring, people start coming for you and, you know, start building narratives around you. We saw Giannis kind of shut that down. I think we're starting to see it emerge now with Luca um, in in Dallas, you know, when is he going to go farther in the playoffs? So, um, you know, I think for Dame, he obviously has a lot going on, obviously a phenomenal player, top 10 player in the NBA, but has not been a great tournament for him. That being said, I mean, how classic Dame Lillard would it be to come out and drop like 35 in this yeah. uh, in, in this gold medal game? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you hit uh, some of the right points about that he hasn't really played with a superstar, right? Kevin Durant has, um, you know, Devin Booker with Chris Paul last season. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, underrated, Devin Booker's having a great tournament also, right? Ever since they arrived um, yeah. after, you know, the NBA Finals, him and Drew Holiday, I think, have really helped this team USA team. So uh, I think the one guy that they're going to have to really 
I think put the defensive clamps down on is going to be Evan Fournier, like you mentioned. I think if they're able to shut him down, this should be an easy victory for Team USA because they have enough scoring power. We know about you know the star power, Durant, Booker, Lillard, Jason Tatum. They can score. Defensively, they've been playing good basketball, and I think that if they you know play great defense from wall to wall uh, and wire to wire, this should be an easy victory for Team USA and bring home the goal. Yeah, and no props or anything. So Munaf and I yeah. both going with USA, both going with the under. Yeah. Both kind of maybe if you got if you have a first quarter or first half lines, definitely under on those. And maybe France as a dog, if you got a good number, look for USA live. But yeah, again, 10 30 yeah. p.m. Eastern tonight. Um, so it should be a great game with that. Let's take a quick break here and then we're gonna come back and get to these free agency, everything that's going on and catch you guys up. The NBA gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays, the live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com at wynnbet.com to start winning today. All right, Moon, I'm coming back off the break. Been a... How, how would you characterize this free agency? I mean, I think we it, it's been up and down in terms of the excitement. A lot of interesting player movement, mm-hmm. but no like superstars switching teams. Yeah, and we I think we had talked about this. That it's going to be more about you know the secondary stars and role players kind of switching teams or re-signing with their teams. Um, it's always exciting with NBA free agency, right? No matter like who is going where. I mean, we had some big moves with the Lowry trade and and you know some of the other names we'll get to in a second. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, it's kind of been up and down. It's kind of, you know, the dust has kind of settled right now. It's for free agency. I think the late, late last, um, signing that I saw was, uh, Kelly Oubre going to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, yeah. but other than that, I mean, there's some, you know, with the Kawhi Leonard thing, I think he'll find a way to resign with the, the LA Clippers. Um, I don't think there's any other significant names that are still unsigned. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's kind of been a roller coaster of, you know, right when free agency opened, we saw a lot of names being uh, signed. And then some of the bigger names like Trey Young, Steph Curry, you know, signing the max deals with their respective teams. Yeah. And I think we, we are starting to sort of see a switching in philosophy, whereas, you know, in, in the, the past decade, it's been all about clearing up your cap space to go sign a big free agent. And I think yeah. we're seeing more of a shift towards the idea that you will have to probably trade for that free agent and the free yeah. agent and, and not, 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 not even the free agent, you have to trade for that disgruntled superstar who still has years left on their deal, but is unhappy in their situation. They were seeing more teams kind of gear up for that by seeking flexibility and young assets rather than just bona fide cap space to go sign somebody. Um, so I think, you know, we can kind of take it, let's take it through each conference. We'll start in the East and kind of go down and just see what kind of each team did Philly, not much, obviously bring back Danny green. We're still waiting on the Ben Simmons trade. So we'll definitely talk about that. Brooklyn, Patty Mills, I think is a nice signing. Um, he should really thrive offensively there. Um, and they brought in James Johnson as well. Any, any reaction to those pickups? Yeah, I think those were two under the radar. Great, great signings for the Brooklyn Nets, especially Patty Mills, man. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a bucket there. Yeah. And especially like imagine if they had Patty Mills when 
Kyrie went down. Um, this guy is still a bucket, right? He can shoot the three ball real well, high IQ basketball player. He has a playoff experience. So I think that's going to be really huge for the Brooklyn Nets um, coming off the bench. Uh, and then James Johnson, another guy, I think, you know, uh, a guy that's, you know, blue collar guy. He can knock down those corner jump shots for you. I think you'll probably take on more of that Jeff Green role that he had, uh, that Jeff had with Brooklyn Nets. Now James Johnson probably is going to fill that uh, role. Um, but yeah, they're to get Bruce Brown back. They re-signed uh, Blake Griffin. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I really love that Patty Mills signing for them. Yeah, and I think also kind of a low-key storyline for the Nets coming out of those playoffs that Joe Harris kind of cracked late in that late in those playoffs. And I think mm-hmm. bringing another shooter in that you know could potentially play that role if Joe's not if Joe's not knocking down shots. Obviously, you did, they did lose Landry Shamit. They also bring in Javon Carter. Uh, through that deal, he's kind of a bulldog point guard defensively. That could be, you know, nice matchup dependent. And then James Johnson, too. I mean, you're looking across the East. He can match up with Giannis. He can match up with Jimmy Butler um, in terms of their yeah. physicality and can spare your superstars that need to do that. So pretty good offseason for Brooklyn. Obviously, you know, they still have the three stars. Uh, Milwaukee lets P.J. Tucker go. Uh, he goes to Miami. I think we will. We could talk about that when we get to the Miami section. Any other thoughts on Milwaukee? We didn't do much else. They brought brought back George Hill. Two-year, eight million dollar deal. Um, otherwise, pretty quiet, and hopefully, they get Dante Divincenzo back healthy, coming off his surgery. Yeah, that that monkey's off of their back right now since they won the the exactly. NBA Finals. So I think the expectations might be a little low for them. Um, they got Bobby Portis back. I think that's you know probably a fan yep. favorite now out there in Milwaukee. He came back on a discounted deal, so uh, pretty much the same team back except for uh, PJ Tucker. So, like you mentioned, getting David Chinzo back is going to be big for them. So, uh, you know, I expect them to be right up there again in the top three, uh, top three seed in the East next season. Yes, sir. And now we, we we can get some of the teams that actually did some stuff, and we'll start here with the New York Knicks. Last year's four seed. They had, you know, a ton of options, ton of cap space, end up sort of running it back, extend Julius Randle, um, sign Kemba Walker on a team-friendly deal, two years, $16 million. You know, can't complain about that. After his buyout yeah. from OKC, Evan Fournier comes over on a bit of an overpay, but um, three years, or four years, 78 for him, but a team option on the last year of that deal. Same thing with the Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, and Nerlens Noel all team options in the last three years. So, I mean, they are definitely doing this flexibility and they have some young assets, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. So, you know, what do you think of the Knicks offseason? I mean, are they going to make the playoffs again next year? Because the East is sneaky looking like an absolute gauntlet right now. Yeah, I think, you know, essentially they brought back the same team, the New York Knicks, but they added a little more scoring powers with Kimball Walker, a guy that can, you know, he can score and along with Evan Fournier, we know his story also that he can score. Um, so they, I think that's what they exactly need the guys that can get more buckets for you. I think getting, getting Derek Rose back is pretty significant. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you're going to be able to get Evan Fournier and Kimba Walker to buy in on the defensive end, yeah, uh, if Tim's going to get them to be, yeah, can play defense, I think, you know, Knicks are, I think I do expect him to be back in the playoffs next season, maybe not as a four or five seed. Cause uh, you know, a lot of these teams got, a, some of these teams got a lot better, um, but I know Knicks are your team. I'll, I'll kind of let you, uh, uh, you know, take it over from the year. Yeah. I, I think that the underrated, we did definitely sacrifice a bit of defense here, getting rid of Reggie Bullock yeah. from the starting lineup. He was kind of a key cog for us um, and, and not necessarily sacrifice. I mean, Alfred Payton, I think it, it, it wasn't tenable to bring him back just because of how limited he was offensively. 
mm-hmm. you know, combined with already the lack of shooting around him. So Kemba and Fournier, I mean, that's going to be Kemba and Fournier and Derrick Rose as well. Um, Emmanuel quickly, Alec Burks. I mean, this can be a really good offensive backcourt, you know, top yeah. to bottom, 48 minutes a night. Hopefully RJ Barrett takes a step forward. So I like the moves. I mean, I, I think that you, you look at the East. I mean, there are every single team in the East is expecting to make the playoffs, I think, except for Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, there are going to be some unhappy teams. And then the Knicks are definitely a candidate for that. I mean, they don't, they're not that talented. They kind of exceeded expectations last year mm-hmm. for Julius Randle. I mean, I think I, I am in the camp as well that expects him to regress somewhat this year, but you know, he will also have a better situation around him and, and other guys who can create exactly. shots and other guys who can knock down shots off of his, you know, driving kick game. So I thought it was probably the right move for him to accept that extension could have gotten more mm-hmm. if he waited it out, but we've seen, we've seen a lot of guys get fucked by doing that. And, and when yeah. you have the opportunity to take this life changing money in a situation that you want to be in, I think it's hard to turn it down. Like we've seen, you know, Victor Oladipo, Dennis Schroeder, guys that have cost themselves, you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars by not locking into money when it's, when it's presented to you. So what do you think? I mean, I'm a pretty risk averse guy. What do you think of that decision? Yeah, I think you're right, right? Because God forbid that Julius Randle suffers some type of injury. That's really going to take away, like you just mentioned, you know, tens of millions of dollars where he would have been – that would have been lost because of an injury. Yeah. But I think it was the right move for him. You you know, secure the money. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, I think you hit the nail on the head is that, yeah, you're going to expect regression from Julius Randle, but you now have guys that are around you that can score, right? Kimball Walker, Everett Fournier – um, Derek Rose also. And I think the other kind of underrated sign for was for them was getting uh, Nerlis Noel back also. Yeah. Um, I think that you, know, you also have Mitchell Robinson, you know, Obi Toppin is still there. So a lot of talent on this team. And now for Tibbs, he's all about figuring out the lineups on who's going to start, who's going to be your first couple guys off the bench and, and getting Kimba Walker and Evan Fournier to buy in on the defensive end, because we know last season they were the best uh, uh, def- defensive efficient team uh, in the whole season. And that's why I think one was one of the reasons why they were in the playoffs um, as a, what, five seed. Yeah. And, and, you know, this team has a legit two deep depth chart. I mean, you have yeah. you Nerlens Noel and Mitch Robinson that combines for 48 minutes of elite rim protection, every game, you know, Kemba Walker and Derek Rose, that's 48 minutes combined of, you know, elite penetration. So, you know, I, I like what the Knicks did. Well, it remains to be seen. I think they're clearly still set up to trade for a star, you know, mm-hmm. whoever that next star may be is Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. Um, you know, we will see, Let's take a quick break here, and we're going to come back and get some more of these Eastern Conference teams. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season's about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80-1 to to win the Super Bowl, guys, and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to 1 bet now before the season and then sell it for a big profit after only a couple weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two, make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit on PropSwap and keep one to leave yourself some solid sitting in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming back off the break, Munaf, how good is this Miami team? Uh, acquire Kyle Lowry, retain Duncan Robinson, 
retain Victor Oladipo as well. Bring in PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman uh, comes back as well. Really productive offseason. And you have this big three of Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle Lowry with, you know, shooting around it. And, and as well as PJ Tucker, who we both love what he brings to the table. So, how good is this team? Are they in the same tier with Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee? What do you think of their offseason? I think they need to change their name to Miami Dogs. I mean, because you have a whole bunch of dogs on this yeah. team, man. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker. Um, I think this is a great balanced team up and down, right? You have guys that will buy in on the defensive end. Um, and then you also have guys that can go out and get buckets, right? Jimmy Butler is a great two-way player. Kyle Lowry, same thing. PJ Tucker is going to be a great uh, addition defensively for them. And if he's able to find that corner jump shot or three-point shot again, that's going to be really big for him. I think the biggest X factor for me for this Miami Heat team is what are they going to get out of Victor Oladipo, right? Because he's been coming off of some significant injuries. Um, and if he's going to step right into that starting lineup and be able to get, you know, 17, 19, maybe 20 points per game for them, that's going to take a lot of pressure off of like Jimmy Butler to having to take on that scoring role. But now you have Kyle Lowry. I mean, this team is, this team is prime, man. I, I won't, I'll be shocked if they're not a top three seed next season in the East. So obviously the Ben Simmons trade has not gone through yet, or, you know, it's expected to be happen before the season. How do you shape Milwaukee versus Philly versus Miami going into next year? Uh, I'm not, I'm not in on Philly. If they get rid of Ben Simmons and if they're not able to get a star player in turn, uh, Philly probably drops down to number four or even five for me. I think, we know Ben Simmons is not going to be there just depending on what the return is. If it's picks or whatever, I would, I would put my money on Miami over Philly. I mean, does that sound too crazy? No, it does. I would probably do that. I would say that as well. I mean, if they can make something happen with, with Ben Simmons and that ends up changing their team, I, I have a hard time even picturing Philly, like being a normal team, even without Ben Simmons. I feel like they're just like kind of scarred from this whole experience, but yeah. On the offensive end, I would definitely go Miami over Philly. Um, regular season seeding, obviously going to be vital. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to have to play, you know, all Milwaukee and Miami. If you're Brooklyn, um, how about Miami versus Milwaukee? Obviously PJ Tucker switches sides, you know, <sighs> they, they split the last two years, man. I, 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 you still have to respect the the champions, Milwaukee, because, with Miami, you have a lot of, or at least Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo are going to be two new guys on this team. I mean, Victor Oladipo probably played a couple games or a handful of games for Miami before he got injured. But integrating those two guys, I think that that they're going to need some time to figure things out. But, you know, I, I feel like this Milwaukee team is so getting disrespected um, yeah. going into the next season. I think there's some books that have them 9-1, to 10-1 to one to repeat as champions. Um, but when you still, you're going to get Chris Middleton back, Drew, I mean, you know, your big three on this team. Um, and then like you mentioned, Dante DiVincenzo, um, the question for me is how much rest is Drew Holly and Chris Middleton going to be able to get before now and training camp starts, right? Are they going to have tired legs as the season starts and all throughout the season? That's the biggest question for Milwaukee, but I'll, I'll probably give them still the one up over Miami right now. Yeah, Milwaukee is definitely a team I could see starting slow in the regular season and then be, you know, coming into form as we round into the playoffs next year. Like, given that coming off the championship hangover, coming off Drew and, yeah. and like you said, Drew Middleton. Um, 
keep going here. I mean, Atlanta, they bring the game back. Nice, uh, nicely done of them to get back. John Collins, they come to an extension mm-hmm. five years, 125 million. Um, you know, good for him also for betting on himself. I think he turned down $90 million extension. Now gets 125 guaranteed this off season. Um, will will yeah. Atlanta be back in your eyes? You know, you can still consider them a, a top tier East team. Yeah, I think they'll be right there with, especially with Nate McMillan as a head coach, right? Uh, you know, you were yeah. able to secure your two corner uh, pieces with Trey Young and John Collins. And like we mentioned, I mean, this roster up and down has, has good depth with, with shooters and inside presence. So I think they'll be right back uh, in the Eastern Conference next year. I mean, they got that taste of being what in the Eastern Conference finals. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that, and I think Trey Young is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because he got left off of this Team USA roster. I think that he, uh, he should have been there. Uh, on this roster. Um, so I think, you know, I think he took that personal. He put that on Twitter uh, with the Michael Jordan uh, kind of that video or, or was it Isaiah Thomas where yeah. he said, you know, I met the criteria, but I need to select it, whatever. So I might be putting some money down on Trey Young to be MVP. Who knows? I mean, it's probably a long shot, but yeah, I expect this Atlanta team to be back next season for sure. Competing in that East. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I think both for Atlanta and Boston, you know, kind of in that second tier of teams in the East, but they have I, – I could see Jason Tatum or, or Trey Young on, like, a nuclear start to the season and one of these two teams being in, like, that one-seed conversation early in the year. Like, yeah. I could see Atlanta definitely coming out to a super-fast start. So, Trey Young, MVP, I do like that angle. Let's go down and get to a couple more teams individually. The Wizards, Russ goes out, Dinwiddie comes in. KCP, Kuzma, Trez come in. Corey Kisper comes in through the draft. Supposed to be kind of a win-now type of guy. What do you think of what the Wizards did? And, you know, I think they expect to make the playoffs. Do you see them getting in there? Um, you know, what do you think of this offseason? Yeah, I think you've got to kind of tip your hat to Bradley Beal, first of all, because he's the reports are that he's still committed to being with the Wizards, right? And that, you know, he could have easily came out this offseason and demanded a trade. But um, I, I love that they're going to have Spencer Didwitty filling in that Russell Westbrook role. I mean, before he had that injury, I think he was averaging, what, close to 19, 20 points per game for them. So that, yeah. that scoring power is still going to be there for the Wizards. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is now that you have a scenery change, you're out of the lights in Hollywood and LA is what are we going to get from Kyle Kuzma? Right. And I think that's the biggest question for me is what I want to see. Um, th- th- this team is still talented, right? You're going to get uh, Denny Abdia back. Um, you know, like you mentioned Corey Kisper, probably one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in the draft, according to the, you know, the experts, uh, you still have your superstar in Bradley Beal. So this looks like a team that's going to have that scoring power. For the Wizards last season, it was more about defense, right? Because early on in the season, we were talking about just blindly taking their overs because they were not playing any defense, especially with Russell Westbrook there. Uh, but now if they're able to buy in on that defense end with this roster, I, I you know they could get into that play-in tournament. I'm not ready to put them into that top eight yet. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if they finished as a seventh or eighth seed, but definitely I could see them getting into that play in tournament. Yeah. And they, they will be really good offensively again. I mean, I think Dinwiddie and Beal is a great combination in the backcourt. Dinwiddie yeah. phenomenal at driving the ball and they can really put a lot of shooting on the floor. You know, if you have mm-hmm. a, a lineup with KCP and, and, you know, Bertans um, on the floor or Kispert and Bertans, or, you know, I think Rui and Denny obviously have to play. I mean, Kuzma, we're not even having mentioned, they have a lot of depth on this team. So I think they yeah. could be, definitely be a team. I would see, 
making a trade, you know, kind of deciding which of these young guys they want to develop just because they have so many people at like the three and the four um, that, that can play those positions. So we will see. I think I, I like what they did. And, and if Bradley Beal wants to stick around for this move, I mean, you got to respect it. Like you said, that's kind of what, what we want out of superstars. And I think they will be good. Last team we'll talk about individually in the East, the Chicago Bulls, uh, complete roster makeover, kind of the wow. the probably the talk of the offseason coming out of it just because of how in they went on this team. They bring in Lonzo Ball as one of the first deals of free agency, four years, $85 million. Um, So big deal for them. You know, we can talk about the Pelicans a little bit. I, what they did, I do not understand. Um <laughs> Lonzo comes comes into Chicago. You have Zach Levine. You already made the Vooch trade, and then you go out and you sign Demar Derozan, three years, eighty five million dollars. Absolutely phenomenal job by Demar Derozan and his agent, uh, whoever that is, to drum up this deal out of nowhere because there was nobody else that was you know going to pay him this much. They were talking about you know ten million a year to go to the Clippers or the Heat ends up with this uh, phenomenal contract for DeMar DeRozan gets paid one more time. So good for him yeah. personally. And for the Bulls, you know, a lot of talent coming together, four guys that you could consider, you know, upper echelon players in the NBA. How will it fit? Are you bullish on this Bulls team? Well, you didn't get to their biggest uh, uh, biggest signing, uh, Alex Caruso, man, four years. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, I, I like that signing, honestly. The Caruso yeah, yeah. comes to Chicago. I mean, he'll be a nice third guard. He could probably play with Lonzo or DeRozan yeah. um, and Levine, I guess, too. I mean, a lot of, lot of cooks in the kitchen, I'll put it that way. Yeah, this is going to be a fun team to watch for sure next season. Um, I mean, now that the scoring th- – th- there's plenty of scoring on this team. And Lonzo Ball, a great – you know, defensive player, two-way guy, um, you know, Zach Levine not really known for his defense. And then you still have Vucevic anchoring the front, a guy that is a walking double-double for sure every single night. You know, we've talked about that as far as player pops during the regular season. Um, I like no, the construction of the team, No man. defense, though. None of, the, none yeah, of those yeah, guys no, really play defense. Yeah, and this is going to be another team where gonna, <laughs> the coach, uh, Billy Don, is going to have to find a way to get these guys to buy in on defense if they yeah. want to be good, right? And I think that's the story for a lot of these teams that made these trades is that they have great scoring options and and, and, and are deep teams. I think, you know, what, like we just talked about with Washington, scoring depth, got to buy in on the uh, on the defensive end. Chicago, another team. Um, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, the signings all they made is that now they have to buy in on the defensive end. So um, I, I like what they did, man. I think the Bulls were going to be relevant again. I expect them to be – with the talent that they have on this team, they should be a, I think, at least a six seed in, in the East for me. Um, you know, now it's just about Billy Donovan, like, you know, some of the, like Tibbs, figuring out the rotations, getting these guys to buy in on the defensive end. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Zach Levine if he's going to uh, sign a contract extension to stay Chicago. Yeah, and Zach Levine is obviously – and Zach Levine and Bradley Beal as well, you know, still not totally locked in their situation, can both become free agents. So that would be something yeah. to monitor. I think for Chicago, you got to respect it. They went all in, but this could 100% backfire. They also had to trade first-round picks uh, to get DeMar DeRozan, yeah. and they also had gave, they gave out two, including the Franz Wagner pick, to uh, Orlando in the Vooch trade. So yeah. very crazy. Let's wrap it up here in the East. I mean – you know, other teams did make some moves. Uh, if you if you have any of their moves that you want to talk about, we can. But I just want to set up. I mean, this conference is as competitive as I can remember in my lifetime. Um, yeah. 
like I said, 12 out of 15 teams realistically looking at playoff expectations. You know, and, and Cleveland, I think, wants to be pretty good. And I think Detroit also wants to be pretty good. And those teams can talk themselves into being, you know, close to 500 teams, I think. You know, a lot of talent on both those teams. The Magic are obviously the youngest team in the conference. Probably not realistic. But to me, I mean, look at this conference. You would say that you have playoff locks. You know, the Nets, Bucks, Heat, and Sixers. Which I think those are all pretty locked into spots. That's four. The Hawks, mm-hmm. I think, are pretty close to one. That's five. Um and that leaves only three spots for the Knicks, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Hornets, the Raptors are a team that, you know, I think are going to be forgotten about. So I think the the play-in will definitely keep all these teams kind of engaged. And I, I like the play-in, you know, as I look as I look at this when you have all these teams trying to be competitive, but just a really competitive conference. A lot of teams are going to be gunning for the back half of those playoffs, and a lot of teams will be disappointed. But I think this is such an exciting year coming up for the NBA just because of Basically, every team aside from Orlando and OKC um, and maybe Houston are, are trying to be good this year. Um, and I think that's going to be going to make for a really fun setup, you know, for night to night betting of just the regular season. Yeah, I think one more team that I want to kind of discuss, the one that you just mentioned was the Toronto Raptors, right? Yeah. And I think the biggest question, like obviously, get, they get Goran Dragic uh, to maybe kind of take over that Kyle Lowry role uh, in that sign and trade deal. They re signed Gary Trent to a pretty good deal. Um, just the questions for them is going to be is Pascal, what, what do they want to do with Pascal Siakam? Because we've been hearing that there's tension between him and Nick Nurse and, and if he's going to be part of the future Toronto. So um, I know the Blue Jays were able to return to their home uh, field um, okay. and their stadium in baseball. So I'm not sure if the Raptors will be back, uh, you know, whatever with the COVID situation going on. So, uh, definitely something to monitor. But what do you think if Pascal C, do you think that he's going to be uh, with Toronto at the start of the season or is there maybe a trade brewing for him? I think I, I definitely see Pascal potentially getting moved at some point between now and, you know, the trade deadline next year. Um, you know, they have they have a lot of young talent on this team and some flexibility. Um, Pascal, obviously, if, if, he, if he returns to the level that we saw, you know, the year they went to the finals or the year after that, I think they, they could definitely um, – talk themselves into him being a part of the next great Raptors team. I love OG and Anobi. You know, I love Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes. Now, obviously someone they're very high on. They kind of went out and took him against the public opinion there. Malachi Flynn, another young player who showed some stuff. Uh, So then they, they brought back Ken Birch. So they have, you know, some solid center play. I think they're going to kind of try to roll the ball out there early see what happens. And I think they're prepared to kind of make more future oriented moves. If this team is not as good, you know, as maybe it's going to take to become, you know, a five or a six seed in the East, but I don't hate this roster as it stands. I mean, Fred, Gary, Trent, OG and Pascal um, in your starting lineup with, with the center. I mean, that's pretty freaking good. Um, Hopefully enough room as well there for Scotty Barnes to get some game reps and develop. I think uh, Ben's the Ben Simmons to Toronto kind of makes sense because there's there's players that the Philly uh, the Sixers can get from Toronto that can help them win immediately like maybe if they package around a Pascal Siakam or something um and that just kind of gives Ben Simmons a fresh start also right because we've seen reports by Bleacher Report and and some of that he's kind of stopped all communication with Sixer players and whatever the case might be but I just feel like that that there's there's a package out there between Philly and Toronto that can work out that would help Philly right away and then you know Ben Simmons heading to Toronto to be that to be the face of that franchise along with Scotty Barnes and 
Gary Trent Jr. and, and OG Ananobi, like you mentioned. Yeah, so right now the rumor mill for Ben Simmons kind of surrounding Golden State and Toronto. Um, yeah. Both, you know, very interesting fits. And Ben Simmons is such a weird player to um, kind of picture in a, in, a, in a different situation or picture the Sixers without him because he's just been such a big part of the Sixers' competitive core the last few years. But I did want to ask you, so mm-hmm. the, the kind of like the B plus a minus shooting guard market this summer kind of came out to be around between the 18 and 20 million. And there are six guys who got deals in that range is Gary Trent, Norm Powell, Evan Fournier, Tim Hardaway, Jr. Duncan Robinson and DeMar DeRozan. How would, how would you rank those six guys off, off the top of your head? Just by shooting or are you talking about like, as no, far just as by like, like as, a, as, a, as a player. Yeah. Trent Powell, Fournier, God, Hardaway, Duncan Robinson, DeRozan. I had to write it down should... as well. <laughs> so I got four. I'm definitely putting Fournier last. Um, <laughs> Go next, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Duncan Robinson one was kind of a head scratcher for me. I, I'm not sure that. I don't know what you think, but I don't know. I'm not sure if he deserved that much money to just come out and kind of shoot the ball. What did you think of that about the amount of money he got? I, I think he was, I think he was, his market was definitely headed that direction um, mm-hmm. based on the reporting that came out prior to free agency. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that the, cause he was a restricted free agent. I was surprised that he didn't make him get another offer at that money and say, okay, we'll match it. Like the mm-hmm. heat kind of handed that to him early in free agency, not handed to him. Obviously he's earned it by coming up in that organization. But, you know, I was surprised that the heat, gave him that off the cuff without it seeming any competition for his services. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, they, they, they need the shooting, you know, in their, in their starting five, I mean, Kyle Lowry's a knockdown guy, but yeah. Jimmy Bam and PJ, you know, not really reliable three point shooters. So I think they need, they definitely needed his shooting. Um, and, and it was probably a little bit of an overpay, but he's also been underpaid the last, you know, two, three years. Yeah. So I'll go, I'll go Fournier five Robinson four. Tim Hardaway Jr. three, Demar two, and Powell one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and Norm yeah. Powell, Norm Powell, and Duncan Robinson got the exact same deal to return to their franchises. I think, I would, I think Norm, yeah, I think Norm is going to be someone who now that he's kind of entrenched in Portland and yeah. he's back there for you know a whole offseason, I think he could be someone that could have a nice year in Portland. So yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you. Maybe you know maybe switch around, but thought that was interesting as you know the market for that type of player. I think those are all kind of similar caliber players fit mm-hmm. in similar into team building all got around 18 million. So very interesting there. Anything else in the Eastern conference? Obviously we are not shy of uh, going long. This has been really, it's so much fun stuff to get to. Yeah. It's all season. Maybe no, that that's uh, all I had. Uh, I think the last thing for me, I think the, the, the probably the funniest signing for me was Andre Drum- Drummond to Philly because yeah. of the beef that him and uh, Joel Embiid had, but you know, that's my, just my last thoughts for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and they they that there was a video that was going on Twitter of them like dapping each other up in some gym after yeah. after Andre Drummond signed. So hopefully the beef <laughs> is squashed. But um, very funny yeah. there. That let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and get to the West. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by Paramount Plus. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over two thousand soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including. UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasiliario, 
NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and histories are made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. So visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. All right, coming back off the break, seemingly, you know, a good amount, you know, less player movement, I think, out West. Um, Not as many, I guess, consequential. We can kind of run it from the top here. The Jazz mostly stood pat. I guess Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal, they brought in those guys, obviously retained Mike Conley. Um, Stop me when you want to discuss any of these teams. Phoenix brings back Chris Paul. Um, brings back Cameron Payne as well. I think most of the gang is still back together. Otherwise, Frank Kaminsky also back. The Nuggets, they bring back your boy, Will Barton, two years, $32 million. Oh, God. Um, they also did bring in I, Jeff, Jeff Green and retained uh, Jamichael Green. Go ahead. Yeah, I, that, that's what I kind of wanted to say about the, the, the two green signings for Denver. Has Those were nice. Those were nice. Real, real nice, man. I think they got really good deals. I mean, the amount of money, that I think it's a combined $13 million per year for them. Yeah. Um, but for them to kind of add that depth, especially with uh, not having uh, Jamal Murray for pretty much the entire season or three-fourths of the season, um, that's going to be huge for them. And then also getting Austin Rivers back um, is going to be big for them. So. Um, you know, are we going to expect Michael Porter Jr. to kind of take that next step? He needs to. And, and you know, yeah, he has to, right? And uh, I think getting those two veterans, Michael Green and Jeff Green, is, is really big for the Denver Nuggets. And it's also easy, easy to forget that Aaron Gordon's on this team. I mean, I think I, yeah. I, I even keep forgetting that about that when I think about this team. I mean, he didn't really get to work his way all the way in. And then they had the Jamal injury, which kind of derailed, derailed their season. But Aaron Gordon, you know, another nice talent. And Michael Porter Jr. is eligible for an extension. That was something to monitor. Did not get it, you know, on the eve of free agency. But reporting out of Denver is that he's likely to sign a max contract extension before the season starts. So that's definitely something to look at, look out for. And if it doesn't happen, obviously he could be a trade piece. Um, the Clippers, still waiting on Kawhi, still waiting on Reggie Jackson, but they do bring back Nick Batum. I think that was a big, big win for them. Yeah. Um, Dallas. Don't they didn't do much? And I think I, I, they are they're a team that I think, you know, they they get uh, Reggie Bullock and Tim mm-hmm. Hardaway Jr. Obviously, Shooters, Har- 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 Hardaway returning, but I think this is a team that I might have rather seen them go for a Spencer Dinwiddie or Mike Conley, you know, if or even a Kemba Walker if those were on the table. Um, Bullock very solid three and D piece, and I think I, I see the theory of why they would want want to bring him in. But what do you think of their decision not to swing for a star? I honestly kind of feel like they're waiting for the Bradley Bill thing to blow up and, and go out and make a trade for him. Yeah, I mean, he, imagine like Luca and and Bradley Bill together. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun to see. So I think they're just kind of waiting for for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could see that, and you know, I think I could also see them looking at their team being like, "We're good on Spencer Dinwiddie." Um, you know, Jalen Brunson is someone coming up in their system who they yeah. they really like. I really like his game as well. Have some other other young pieces. Uh, that maybe will be expected to take on a little bit of a bigger role. But for, for them, I think I think it starts and ends with getting Porzingis back right, um, getting him healthy, getting him bought back in. And, and then I think they're a really good team, if, if that's the case, uh, just be based on how good Luka is and Porzingis being able to stretch the floor and protect the rim. Um, Portland, not much yet uh, out, out of there. Obviously, the Norm Powell, getting him back was, was a solid piece of business for them. 
They also brought in Cody Zeller. I think that'll be a good backup big man so that they're not as, you know, terrible with Nurk off the floor. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody Zeller just kind of solidify things. And then that brings us to the Los Angeles Lakers. We got to talk about them. I mean, yeah. we, we, we hit on the, on the Russ trade a little bit. So obviously Russell Westbrook's in, but a lot of moves went down. I think I mostly like what they did, bringing in Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, some shooting, Kendrick Nunn, you know, some shot creation there, Carmelo Anthony. Um, who who else am I missing that they brought into this team? Uh, they well, they got Ken Bates more. You hit the ones yeah, that Bays, they brought in. Uh, Dwight, they got nice. Dwight, yeah, Dwight Howard back, Trevor Ariza. Um, oh yeah, and then they re-signed uh, THT. Uh, THT. So I'm still kind of like processing all of it because it's so <laughs> many moving parts. Yeah. Do you think Dwight Howard's going to be a starter? And they have like naturally Anthony Davis playing the four, or do you think they, Dwight Howard's going to come off the bench? So I think that I think that Dwight Howard's going to come off the bench. I think Gasol's going to start at center. Yeah, okay, I, I sorry, think, forgot about him. I think Gasol and Dwight will split basically, you know, a, a timeshare at center for like thirty-six minutes a game, and then you hope that AD can play the center to close out the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Okay. Now that you know, we got to see what AD's workload's going to look like. Obviously, he struggled with injuries at the end of last season, um, but yeah, I think they're trying to kind of go back to that identity of the year they won the title where, you know, big, really physical defensive centers that make it really hard to score. And then with that AD and LeBron, all that size inside um, kind of firm up that defense and offensively. I mean, we know it's going to look weird with, with Russ, but I definitely like these moves to bring in, um, you know, THT, I think is someone who's going to play a big role for them. Obviously they, they really believe in him, not including him in the Lowry trade, but Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington um, and, and even Carmelo Anthony to, to spot up around these, around these guys and just be knocked down three point shooters. I think that's going to be really big to alleviate some of the pressure on, on, on their, you know, quote unquote, big three to, to score yeah. all the points. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing was them for getting, you know, legit shooters around Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, right. Wayne Ellington, we talked about this guy last season. We're playing his player props. This guy can knock down three-point shots. And uh, Ken Bazemore, another guy, great defensive guy. He can also knock down those corner threes. And, you know, we've seen what Kendrick Nunn uh, can do off the bench, uh, especially when he was with the Miami Heat. So I think that second unit is going to be a lot of fun for the Lakers. This is the type of depth that they needed. Um, uh, it'll just be interesting to see what Frank Vogel does as far as rotations and um, – who's going to start for this team. I think you're, you're big three for sure. And then you have uh, Gasol, like you said, who's, who do you think that fourth guy will be for them to start? Do you think it will be a shooter with Ellington or? Yeah, I think probably. I would, I would guess Ellington. Um, give yeah. me kind of that nominal two guard. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if it's THT just to kind of throw him a bone as he's came up in their organization. I mean, like he he's 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 the third longest tenured Laker, um, other than LeBron and AD, <laughs> yeah. um, which is crazy how much turnover there's been on this team. So maybe maybe THT, um, but you know I think all those guys are going to play, and I think they're going to have all the opportunity to compete for showing who deserves that spot. Or I guess there's going to be two spots open, kind of down the stretch of a fourth quarter playoff game. You know, you have your big three. There are two spots are wide open. Assuming AD's playing center, I mean, I think Ariza probably is an inside track just because he's guarded these a lot of these other you know, star wings and other teams, but lots to figure out during a regular season in LA. We'll keep it going here. Let's go down to golden state. Uh, you know, as we record, they get Andre Iguodala back. Nice oh, pickup, did. nice pickup for them to go along with another, you know, veteran wing addition, Otto Porter. 
kind of a nice upside swing. I think he's someone who was really talented, had a lot of injuries, struggled with his conditioning uh, over the past couple of years, but has played at a high level before. Also, they brought in Nemanja Bialica, um, and they had a promising uh, summer league, uh, early summer league returns from Kuminga and Moody. So I think positive vibes coming out of the Warriors. What do you think of these additions um, of Iggy, Porter, and Bialica? I love the Porter signing, man. This is uh, underrated really good because this yeah. is a guy that can knock down you know, three-point shots. We've seen him do it all throughout his career. It was with Chicago, with Washington, and now for him to be doing it with Golden State. Um, and, and again, Golden State are in a prime position. They have players on this roster, both veterans and young guys, that they can trade if a you know like a, for a Ben Simmons or Bradley Beal, whatever, or you know whoever else they want. Um, they have the capability of putting a package together. But if they were just going in with the team that they currently have, um, I think, and they're all healthy. Number one, um, I think this is a top three seed for sure in the, in the Western yeah. conference. Um, so I, I really like what they've done. Um, you know, they got some good depth. Uh, the biggest question mark obviously will be with uh, Clay Thompson, what he's able to do, but other than their signings uh, now with Iggy being back on this roster, um, I love what they've done. Yeah. And they obviously re-signed Steph Curry as well to a massive yeah, extension. Big money. I mean, the West is also kind of a complete log jam. Assuming that Kawhi is not, you know, not coming back healthy. And, and if the lake, I mean, I think the Lakers could pop and be absolutely amazing. I don't think that's the most likely outcome. So I think ton of competition in the West golden state, right in the thick of things keep going down here. I mean, not much else happened in the West, but we got to talk about the new Orleans Pelicans. I mean, what, what was this off season for them? You know, they don't bring back Lonzo and then they trade a first round pick uh, that they, they, Zach Lowe put it in terms of his podcast and they, they traded Lonzo Ball and a first-round pick for Devontae Graham, Thomas Sadoransky, and Garrett Temple. Um, that was kind of the <laughs> transaction that their offseason was. A lot of questions, you know, a lot of heat in that situation in the Pelicans with Zion, you know, does he like New Orleans, does he not, and trying to, I guess, win now. Um, bring in Jonas Valanciunas, bring in Devontae Graham. I think they, they'll be okay, um, but the asset play was interesting, and I don't really see them as a playoff team, do you? No, I think Zion's going to be gone from this team. Um, yeah, me too. Sooner rather than later. I mean, in terms of, I think I think he will be the one of the next ones to kind of force their way out of the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to put stop the narrative that David Griffin's a great GM on whoever is saying that. I mean, we've seen it in the past where people are saying that David Griffin's a great GM and, and front office guy. The example's right in front of you. I mean, this guy, yeah. he's not good. I mean, come on, man. You're trading a first-round pick. It, when picks, if you're gonna, if this team has a really bad season, and they somehow end up in the lottery and they get a top four pick, and that's what that's going to be going over to uh, Charlotte or to sorry Chicago. Uh, I think it's going to Charlotte for Devontae okay. Graham. But either way, I mean, come on, man, you can't trade a. What are we doing here? Um, and again, Brandon Ingram might be feeling the same way. So that that's another guy that might maybe become available for you know other teams to pick up, but. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, big problems in the big, easy city. Um, yeah, I'm not buying in on this, this team. I think Zion's going to be gone. I, I don't think Brandon Ingram may be too far behind him. But, um, I, I, you know, we're we're in the second half of the season last year. We were seeing reports that Lonzo maybe didn't want to be in um, New Orleans. And I think LeVar Ball also came out and said that his son didn't want to be there. But, you know, he's found a new home now. Um, but, yeah, F minus for sure for the New Orleans Pelicans. 
ends free agency. Yeah, very, very curious decision making. And I think they're clearly kind of feeling the pressure from Zion. And that's kind of forcing them to make some erratic moves. Um, but we will see how it pans out. Let's take one final break here and then we're going to come back and get us some wrap up thoughts here. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free 25 bucks. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Lastly, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, Moon, have any other teams in the Western Conference that you want to get to before we get? To, I'll give you a couple uh, questions to wrap all this up. Um, no, I think that we covered most of them. I think, you know, uh, the Lakers were the big Western conference team that made their moves to kind of solidify their roster. Um, I think the JaVel McGee to Phoenix Suns is underrated also yeah, because that nice gives pickup. them a backup. Yeah. Pretty nice pickup as a, as a backup center, as a rim protector, a guy that can catch those lobs from CP three or Devin Booker. And I think getting Cameron Payne back is pretty big for them. Also, um, the Sacramento, what did you think of their moves? I know, you know, they, they picked the baby on Mitchell who's been looking really good in the summer league or that California classic. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they were able to nice. get Rashawn Holmes back. Yeah. I, I think they could they'd definitely be solid next year. Uh, they also brought in Tristan Thompson to play that backup center. I think that was a decent pickup. Um, and Rashawn Holmes, a guy who I, I really like his game and I think he could have, um, he could have had other offers elsewhere. So to get him back was nice. I think they're going to be a team. Look, I mean, just another team that's solid and they probably expect to make the playoffs next year. Or are they at least, you know, thinking playoffs uh, win now mode? Um, you know, so I don't hate what they did. I don't think they're that good. It's mm-hmm. obviously going to be De'Aaron Fox got to stay healthy and continue to play at a high level. Tyrese Halliburton yeah. also, he was someone who had an injury at the end of last year. Hopefully he comes back fully healthy. Um, so yeah, didn't hate it. I mean, Kings, Wolves, uh, Kings, Wolves, Pelicans, and Spurs kind of seem like their own tier right now um, and sort of above OKC and Houston, but separated from everybody else. Then you kind of have Memphis um, in their own little bubble land. They're just like perfectly average. And then, you know, eight or nine teams that really expect to make the playoffs next year. So going to be really tough. I mean, it's going to be a tough regular season next year. And I think you're going to have some teams with disappointing regular season records. I mean, I'm just thinking for night to night gambling. I mean, the only place that you can go on the road and like really expect to win is like Orlando, OKC and Houston. I mean, everywhere else, like you're going to get, you're going to get a game, you know, from your Minnesota, your Sacramento, your Detroit, your Cleveland. I mean, that those are not going to be gimmies in the regular season. You're going to have to show up and, and play defense to win those games. Yeah. And, and you know, with Houston, they got Daniel Tice, um, which nice was interesting. Yeah. That's a pretty nice pickup, but you know, I think this team's going to be, I think they'll be competitive. I mean, I'm kind of trying to be cautiously optimistic about it because they have some ballers on this team, but it'll be about them, uh, you know, playing defense. I think getting David Nawaba back is pretty big for them. Him and Jay Sean Tate are are incredible role players. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to, you know, not maybe not have a great, another, another great season. um, And maybe again, be in that lottery again. So we'll see what happens, but you know, 
uh, the, the Western Conference wasn't as exciting as maybe the Eastern Conference. I think the last point for me, uh, SGA securing his bag with the Oklahoma City Thunder was, yeah, that was probably nice. the last thing. Um, uh, so they have their corner pizza as far as for the future as they try to build with their bag full of first-round picks. Yeah, interesting kind of interesting times for OKC. I mean, they have all – obviously, they did a phenomenal work to get all these picks, but they have to now put together – Exactly. All, they have to put together this team and, you know – either cash those picks in via trade or, or make the right picks buying out Kemba. I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've had, they've given a lot of these guys the chance to kind of rebuild their value as a veteran before trading them for money. Maybe Kemba was just too far gone for that. And the Knicks yeah. kind of took advantage, but that was interesting. I think, you know, Shea Dort Poku, you know, Giddy hopefully works out. They have some nice pieces, but not that much in terms of young talent, but obviously all the picks, Going to go with some rapid-fire questions here to close out the show. Munaf, what was your favorite individual signing of the free agency period thus far? Yeah, I think i got to go with the Nets with Pat Mills, man. I think that's okay. a, a huge pickup for them. A veteran point guard, guy that can – that's like you said, it's a bucket. Uh, high IQ basketball player has that playoff experience. Um, I think that was probably the most undervalued uh, signing for me. What about you? I will go. I like PJ Tucker to the Heat a lot. I'm going to go with one out of left field too, though, just because you kind of threw me off with that choice. I'm going to go with Kelly Olynyk to the Pistons. Um, okay. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> I, I I love the Pistons culture coming up. If you're in the Slack channel, you know that I'm all about it. And I think that bringing in a stretch big like Kelly Olynyk, a veteran stretch big who can really space the floor and get some, a lot of pick and pop reps with these guys with Cade and Killian, I think that was a very smart you know, process by the Pistons front office of saying, you know, how can we maximize the offensive ecosystem around our young talent with Cade and Ken Killian and make sure that it's easy, as easy on them as possible to get, you know, good game reps of pick and roll with guys who know how to play. And Isaiah Stewart, love his potential. Um, but I think Kelly Olynyk as kind of a veteran big who can shoot the ball, who can finish is going to be a really nice tool for them to have as they kind of, begin to get these guys on the road to, you know, being ready for playoff basketball. So I like that move slight overpay, but they got the team option in the last year. So it's really a two year, $24 million deal with the option to pay up a third year for Detroit. So I like that signing a lot. Any, any reactions to that? Yeah, I was I was waiting for you to start talking about your Pistons. I'm starting to think you have some type of part ownership in that group that we don't know about, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they're going to be an exciting team. You know, you yeah. were talking about them last season. Now they get Kate added to that arsenal. So uh, definitely a team that, you know, maybe in two, three, four years are, are going to be uh, coming up in that playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Most head-scratching move in your eyes. It's got to be Devontae Graham, right? Uh, I think we're probably in agreement about that. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you have two guys like Zion and Brandon Ingram, two young guys, you got to put a, a veteran roster around them. Yeah, they got Jonas Valanciunas, but even when they made that trade, uh, we were all kind of scratching our head because yeah, I think the rumor was that they were trading up to get Josh Giddy, but then he went to OKC and then it kind of uh, unraveled for the Pelicans from there. But I think that was probably the biggest head scratcher for me. Yeah, I think that's up there for me as well. I think I will also I want to throw out Jared Allen, the Jared Allen deal for the Cavs. Um, okay. Five years, a hundred million. Now I like Jared Allen um, as a, as a player, but I just think it's a bit of an overpay. Five years, I mean that's gonna hurt. Like that that's that that's the entirety of Evan Mobley's rookie deal as well. That he's like you know gonna be 
kind of, I think ideally Evan Mobley becomes your center. You know, you don't really want to have to play another big if you invested that much capital into a guy like Evan Mobley and what he might bring defensively. So I think for Jared Allen, I would rather have that flexibility and you can bring in, you know, a guy like a Nerlens Noel for a tent for half the price. And he basically brings you the same rim protection. I mean, Jared Allen has flashed some offensive upside. Is he really going to get to show that on this team? You know, I don't know. I think I would, I would rather save that money and let Evan Mobley play more center earlier and, you know, just get a more kind of replaceable option. Obviously, Kevin Love, what are they doing with him? That'll be interesting. Um, so, yeah, the Jared Allen one, obviously Devontae Graham as well. We'll go to the team perspective. Um, who's a team that you expect to be higher than consensus on going into next season? We could do one from oh, each conference. Mm, let's see. Uh, Putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Um, Miami's probably the obvious answer, but <clears throat> I'm going to go Chicago. I, I think they made the right move here to – to get the guys that they got, right? I think Lonzo Ball is a great pickup for them. Um, and then you add a guy like DeMar DeRozan, AC. Uh, also, they also re-signed, or they uh, got Tony Bradley, also a guy that we didn't talk about. But I'm expecting Chicago to be a, a top six or five seed in the Eastern Conference okay. next year. There's a lot of talent on this team, but like we had discussed earlier, Got to buy in on the defensive end. So that's the one team for me in the um, Eastern Conference. The West, um, I, I've put in a lot of stock on this Golden State Warriors team. Um, yeah, you like them a lot. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say the Houston Rockets get into the play-in tournament. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think that you know they have guys – this is going to be a really exciting team for me to watch next season. And the ex- we don't really have expectations, right? Because we're in that rebuild stage. You got the number two overall pick, Jalen Green. Daily, you know, you've got Daniel Tice, a low key, pretty good pickup. The development of Kevin Porter Jr. You have Christian Wood. You know, your guy, Jay Sean Tate's on this roster. David Nawaba, they were able to resign. So it's going to be interesting now what they're going to do with their their two veteran guys with John Wall and Eric Gordon, right? Is there a trade out there that, you know, maybe like team like the Clippers may want to pick up or, or is there going to be a buyout with the John Wall, whatever the case is going to be? Um, that's my bold prediction. But uh, the other one, uh, I've bought a lot of stock into the Golden State Warriors team. I like the pickups that they made with Otto Porter Jr. Um, uh, now getting Andre Iguodala back. You have Moses Moody. Uh, John Minga, uh, James Wiseman development, and then again Steph Curry, one of the best players in the NBA. So I'm expecting the Golden State Warriors to be the number two seed next year. Okay, in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah much high, That's definitely higher than consensus for me. I think I have a lot. I have a lot of teams in the East. I think I think Indiana is a team that I'm going to be watching going into next season. Obviously, kind of a season from hell last year with Nate Bjorkren mm-hmm. at the at the helm and a lot of injuries and a tumultuous season with, you know, trading Victor Oladipo and Karis LeVert coming in, obviously the emotional weight of his cancer diagnosis and, you know, injuries and then locker room strife down the stretch. So kind of a season from hell from them. Don't forget, I mean, we basically had this team penciled in as a top five seed in the East going into the regular season last year. Now Rick Carlisle yeah. comes in, a, a great coach, a lot of talent on this team. I mean, if TJ Warren comes back healthy – this starting five has is very, very above average with Karis LeVert, Brogdon, TJ yep. Warren, Sabonis, Turner. I mean, w- 
they could still make a move to kind of resolve that situation in the front court. So Indiana, I think, will be back right in the thick of things. And just kind of as a class of teams, I think Indiana, Philly, Toronto, and Boston are teams that all had a rough year last year, but were teams that going into last year, we had penciled in for, you know, top six playoff seeds. Toronto in particular really struggled last year with their whole situation. Um, and now they kind of move forward. I think it could go either way, like we talked about earlier, you know, they make future moves or win now moves, but I think they could be good if they do go for it. And then out West, I mean, I, I think all these teams are kind of similar. I'm, I'm with you on Golden State. I think Minnesota is a team that could be really, really good offensively. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, if they, they they started to kind of figure some things out down the stretch last year on the offensive end and Anthony Edwards and, and D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, that how they can kind of play together and, and score. Um, Chris Finch, second, you know, first full year as the head coach of this team. So I like Minnesota. Uh, I, think, I think the Clippers are a team that could definitely be – be very good even without Kawhi Leonard during the regular season. If he does come back, you know, could look out for them in the playoffs. So any other questions you want to get to here, topics you want to get to, or we've been going for about an hour, obviously really, really fun, uh, fun discussion about free agency here. Yeah. I mean, uh, not much else. I think we all, we covered pretty much the entire free agency. I think, the two big names that we still probably want to keep an eye on is going to be the Ben Simmons trade. And then, you know, with what pass, what happens with Pascal Siakam uh, in Toronto? Um, I think those are the two names that we're still waiting for. And then Dennis Schroeder, right? He hasn't signed with the team either. So we're going to have yeah. to see where he kind of ends up. Um, but other than that, man, no, I know we have summer league kicking off, uh, what, starting Monday, I believe. Today's the, yeah, or Sunday. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, really excited to watch the Rockets. Um, I, I am definitely getting down on them if I see odds on them to win the win the summer league this season. <laughs> uh, I, you know, a lot of ballers on that team. I think Miami is another team that you might want to keep an eye on for summer league. But um, yeah, man, I think we're all caught up and just excited, man. NBA is always fun to talk about. For sure. And Munaf, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, find me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Um, we officially had the pilot episode yesterday with the NFL prop cast with myself and Dan Titus. Uh, that's yes, going to be sir. a lot of fun. We're going to go through the divisions all the way through August and then, uh, have weekly, maybe I think almost three times a week with player props. Um, just talking about player props and, and, you know, trying to cash in on those. And then obviously MLB is still going on. So definitely check that out. But, uh, yeah, find me on Twitter there and uh, I'm all over SGPM for sure. Yeah, definitely find Munaf at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Find us all talking in the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. I've seen the NFL chat going, you know, but, but uh, popping off, fantasy, uh, college football should be going again, golf as well. So um, as well as basketball, it's always going, and we're excited to watch this USA game tonight. Yep. Follow Is me. it on TV? I think it's on NBC Sports. I hope it's on NBC Sports. I finally figured out Peacock, though, so okay. – um, I was able to watch the first half of that Australia game before falling asleep and then watching the rest of the morning. <laughs> Find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Again, this is the NBA Gambling Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed it. Check out all the podcasts in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Good luck, everybody, with you know your Olympic bets, your golf bets, WGC going on, preseason football. We love Degen Nation, so... Um, 
Let it ride, everybody, and have a great weekend. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.